0: Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it.
1: Welcome to another episode of Fed Heads. I'm Francis Rose, and I'm Robert Shea. You leaned forward again. You did that a couple of weeks ago, and I and I just whistled. I don't know why that is, but you leaned forward when we started.
2: Uh, I'm just excited to see you, as always.
1: Well, that's very kind. We will talk later about how everybody's doing in all of this, but right at the heart of the response in the federal government to what's happening with coronavirus is the National Institutes of Health, and our guest today is going to talk about how they prepared for something, not necessarily knowing that anything was going to come down the line, but knowing that something could at some point and what that means today and moving forward. Stacey Album is Deputy Director for the Center for Information Technology at the National Institutes of Health. Stacy, welcome to the program. It's good to see you. And what's really cool about these episodes, Stacey, is when people like you come on, that both Robert and I know, it makes it a lot more fun. Welcome. It's good to have you.
0: Well, good afternoon, uh, Francis and Robert. Thanks for having me. And uh, uh, I certainly was looking forward to coming to your studio and seeing you all in person. But um,
1: You could still go to the studio. You could still go to the office. There would just be nobody there to welcome you the way that there is to do it now, <laughs> Stacey. Um,
0: what, well, that would be no fun. No,
1: that's true. That wouldn't be any fun. What have you and your colleagues at NIH been doing, assuming that at some point something would happen To challenge your continuity of operations preparation, what have you been doing to kind of lay the groundwork in case something like this came along?
0: In particular, for the Center for Information Technology, you know, we're supporting the agency personnel that are bringing together the best science, medicine, and public health measures to address this global challenge of COVID-19, which, um, you know, certainly wasn't something that I was predicting, Um, but pleased to report that uh, we've been very much prepared to um, enable the agency to continue operating uh, during these unusual times. And um, I would say that I certainly want to talk about some investments that we've um, been making over the years uh, to really modernize and expand our IT infrastructure um, that have uh, positioned us um, to achieve the success that we have in this environment. Um, but but really kind of before I get into that, the one thing I wanted to talk, kind of mention first and foremost was just how impressed I've been with our IT workforce. Um, you know, certainly the best and the brightest in biomedical research come to NIH to do things that were not possible before. But our IT workforce has equally brought their best and really risen to the challenge to do extraordinary things during this time. We've taken it very seriously that at NIH, um, our agency needs to be focused on the COVID-19 response and not burdened with technology challenges or learning curves. So there's definitely some strategic things that have enabled us to do that, but there's, Honestly a number of tactical things we've done that have involved just pure, you know, speed and agility um, that have allowed us to keep operating in the way that we have. So, so I can give you some some examples of uh, some of the strategic things that we have done leading up to this
2: point. That'd be that'd be great, Stacy. I I'd also like to hear a little bit just the broad background uh, of that NIH, what its mission is. One of the things I've been impressed with uh, regarding the rest of government is how much of the regular process of government is getting done. NIH, of course, is yeah. on the front lines fighting uh, disease of all sorts, and I'm presuming that work continues to get done, but under very challenging circumstances. Talk about you know, how everybody's getting stuff done and What are some of the lessons you can teach for the rest of government that may may have had a little bumpier road? It's a lot of questions. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So, you know, to your point at NIH, we are all about life-saving research. And our research has an enormous impact on the health, wellness, and safety of people all around the world. And it's certainly important for the pandemic but as you mentioned, also for many other diseases and conditions that NIH is addressing. I mean, NIH is the place that people go to when they often have no other place to turn. And so um, the role that we needed to play, technology, and enabling this mission to continue was critical. And and I think the value of the role that it has played has become evident now more than ever. So our transition to tellers, we have the majority of NIH is, uh, has shifted to what we call this maximum telework environment that OPM has allowed. And it was quite smooth and productive, I have to say, especially for an agency in which face-to-face meetings are such a big part of our work life. Um, so we have a, a, a quite a robust computational IT infrastructure at NIH. Um, that spans, I've, you know, talked about this in a number of forums from our network. Uh, we have a suite of very sophisticated identity and access management capabilities. We have a suite of unified communication collaboration tools, which have become vital during this time. We have uh, a high-performance computing capability that's ranked one of the Top 500 supercomputers in the world, and so uh, we so having these technologies and tools in place to begin with is key. And, well, you can certainly spin up a new tool or service in a matter of days or weeks. You can't exactly rearchitect or significantly scale your infrastructure overnight. And at NIH, we've been on this journey to modernize and expand this infrastructure for some time now. And as Francis has mentioned, that has really paid off. Um, so those investments really have been strategic and worthwhile. And because they were in place, we were able to focus on kind of the immediate things we needed to add to our portfolio or the surge and support that we needed to offer. Because while many of us are at home, we seem to be working harder than ever, uh, you know, really by orders of magnitude and, at the same time, many of us are also trying to balance family, dependent care responsibilities, and, and you know, that just adds to the complexity of our daily work experience.
2: So let me dive down to the real practical, Stacy. Everybody's pivoting from Skype to Teams to mm-hmm. Adobe Connect. Can you share what platforms you're finding most success with as far as virtual collaboration is concerned?
0: So we use a, a variety of tools, actually, um, including the ones that you mentioned and more. I will say um, the first, the thing that was first and foremost um, critical to this shift of maximum telework was our network infrastructure. So our VPN mm-hmm. infrastructure has performed without issue and enabled tens of thousands of NIH staff to shift to telework literally overnight. That's um we've also yeah it's uh it's really been incredible to watch um i I tell all my colleagues that um, this this has been years in the making um, we also are you know I mentioned we have a whole suite of identity and access management solutions and they've provided in addition to our remote network access you know direct easy secure online access to a wealth of NIH IT resources and systems and our, um, you know, and really at the center of all of this, as you mentioned, our communication and collaboration tools, we've experienced record-breaking usage. I mean, we've had in one day the same amount of usage that we'd have in an entire month in, in you know, a year ago. So, um, and we've been tracking the numbers and they're staggering that so we've held using a, a variety of platforms. Like I said, um, the ones you mentioned have worked well. There's others that we've uh, added to our portfolio since all of this started. Um, more tools to our toolkit. We've had we've held nearly 250 thousand virtual meetings. Mm. Uh, those meetings have had a total of more than a million participants and have spanned more than 15 million wow. minutes their time. So as you can see from these numbers, we haven't really skipped a beat with our work at NIH.
1: What are you taking away from all of that, Stacey, to apply to when COVID is not a concern anymore from a workplace perspective and people could come back to the office but may or may not choose to or NIH leadership may or may not choose to ask them or make them come back to the office?
0: So I think the most important thing we need to learn from this experience is to take advantage of the momentum that we've gained and not revert back to the old ways of working. And um, I, I think part of that is easier said than done. But I also think that um, we've learned a lot through this experience. You know, we've taken a lot of pride in what we've been able to accomplish that may have previously been seen as the impossible, Um, At NIH, you know, we're always working toward the ultimate goal of improving health. And the key for technology organizations like NIH's Center for Information Technology, I've learned, is to be part of the solution and not part of the problem or make the problem worse. Um, One of the things that uh, I always look for when I'm adding people to our team is what I like to call a can-do attitude. Uh, would we get together? And, you know, there's always going to be challenges and opportunities and complex problems to solve, but, uh it, you know, I think sometimes we spend so much time talking about the things we can't do instead of focusing on the things that we can do, and a big part of that is taking risks. I'd be lying if I said there weren't moments throughout this entire experience in which I was Literally holding my breath as I watched how our infrastructure uh, held up um, or turned out as we added things or or unfolded as we you know rolled out uh, new services needed and it, it wasn't because I didn't trust or have confidence in our ability to deliver these critically needed capabilities but rather that we took calculated risks and you know, maybe even a leap of faith at times and striving to be the best, just like our biomedical uh, research staff that we could possibly be. And over and over again, the outcome was even greater than we could have imagined. So I think that has really built a lot of confidence in our IT organization and the – um you know, the populations that we serve, both inside and outside NIH, and we just need to, you know, capitalize on that going forward.
1: Stacy, we're almost out of time, but I'm curious, what will you look back on when we get to a point where we've decided, okay, we think we're pretty much past COVID, then you take another, I don't know, six months, year, whatever, to come up with an after-action report. What will you want to see in there? What will you want to learn from this experience to figure out whatever the strategy looks like for your office for the next two years, five years, and so on?
0: One of the things that um, you'll notice as I'm talking about these different endeavors is that I refer to the things that we've been doing as solutions and not just technologies. And, And the reason being is that most involve a number of technologies, both existing and new, that we've engineered and integrated to provide comprehensive, advanced solutions. You know, there's not one technology that is the answer, but we're using a variety of commercial capabilities to address the needs of our agency. And so I think it's really important um, to kind of remain open-minded in that sense. You know, a lot of times we get fixated on a, a tool or a technology um, instead of uh, kind of thinking bigger and broader and more strategically, just like, you know, we have in the years leading up to this. And and our industry partners really play a critical role in that. I, I have to thank them because they've been there for us during this time and and helped turn what could have been crises into opportunities, and and the last thing I'll say is that I really commend um, the the staff throughout our agency for uh, knowing how to take advantage of these solutions and making the most of them. Um, so it's it, it's not just been a, uh, a a technology journey, but it's really been a journey. That has involved the collective effort of our entire agency to do the things that we've been able to do during this time.
2: Stacy, congratulations to you and your team for delivering when the country needed it most. It's great to catch up with you. This is a story that ought to be documented because it's the way it ought to it's the way it ought to go.
0: Well, thank you, and um, you know, there's the entire uh, federal government needs to be commended right now, Um, I think that there's so much pride to be taken in public service, and um, so I just really thank everybody out there for what they're doing right now, and thanks for the opportunity to tell our story.
1: It's great to talk to you, Stacey. Thanks for coming on.
0: Thank you, Francis. I hope you all both um, take care, stay safe, and stay well. Thanks for listening to The Fed Heads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector,